on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Wally. Job Dean Cox again, this time he's in. At the second time of asking, Dean Cox takes Leighton Orient a step closer to Wembley. Carroll. Jonathan Tahue. Capable of anything. Tahue! Equalizer for Leighton Orient! We're not a city, we're not a town. We're the only one of us around And you know where we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the rest Whatever challenge, whatever test We'll lay an Orion from each end Lay an Orion from each end Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Orient Hour. My name's Richard Priest. I'm joined in the studio today by Darren Burrows and Tony Smith. How are you, chaps? Wonderful. Couldn't be better. <laughs> Darren, how are you, mate? <laughs> well, I would say that we've got a lot to talk about today. We've got two games to talk about. Transfer window to talk about. Uh, Wellens Gate, if you want to talk it, call it that, to talk about. Um, so there's plenty of things for us to get through. Um, let's start last Saturday. Carlisle. Um, three two. I should have been more. I right? should have well, been. Uh... Yeah, the guy, the the, the Carlisle manager has always struck me as uh, a reasonable man. Which you don't always get in football. The first thing he did in his interview was say that the scoreline did flatter Carlisle quite a lot, and it was yeah, you know, it was a deflected clearance and a ninety fifth minute penalty was the Carlisle's uh, contribution to the score sheet. But um, we managed to stick in a couple of the other end. We did have a worrying 20 minutes there in the first half. We thought, oh no, is everything going to go the wrong way? But in the end, it went, it went right and well played everyone. I mean, what did you think before the game? Because, you know, I, I saw, you know, Monker back in the team, which for me was a bit of a surprise. Um, uh, you know, I, I've got to be honest, when I saw it, I did think I'm not sure about this selection really here. I was a little bit concerned because I thought, you know, are we. I feel like it's a little step backwards maybe when sometimes with Monker. And, I mean, fair play, he played very well, I thought, in the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, um, Sweeney out as well, not even in the squad. Yeah, I mean, I think most of us thought that um, with that gap there, they would have pushed Galbraith up and maybe put in someone else at fullback. But like you say, Monker came in, did a great job, and yeah. um, hopefully he's turned over a new leaf for us. Um, Darren? We don't know what he's doing in training, do we? So I'm not sure. Try, sorry, we might. Damn, try the other microphone. <laughs> That's technical difficulties there. Might want to move your chair right. along. We don't know what he's doing in training, do we? So if Monker's training well and he's putting in a shift, then I think we were a bit light with Sanders, the injury there. Uh, so I suppose we shouldn't have been that surprised to see him back. I agree with you. I thought we played well. I thought we had a good yeah. game. I think my worry with Moncur is, is we saw one last night where they uh, Shad tried to play him through. He hasn't got the legs. And and the, the settlement of the team, I think, is huge at the moment. Yeah. So if he stays in the team over Sanders, I'd be surprised, if I'm honest. So, 
but good, good to see him back playing and good to see him involved. Yeah, I mean, I say, as you mentioned, yeah, we'll talk about last night's game shortly, but I, I thought, you know, he played quite well last night as well. Um, you know, for me, it was Tom James came back in. Uh, I wasn't sure at the time again whether that would have been the right thing to do because Sweeney, I, I've mentioned this a few times, he's one of these players for me that that, that has to be playing to, to stay um, sort of fit and, and, and looking good. You know, if he misses a game, then I, I think he sort of struggles the next time he's in and he needs to be playing. Like So last season was a classic example. He was playing every week and, and he was he was brilliant in the end. Um, but you know, sometimes I feel that it, you know, it's, it's not being the squad as well. I thought it was a bit harsh, really, um, a bit unbalanced for the team. Maybe I think if you look at it head to head between, if it's between Tom Jones and Sweeney to get a game, you've got to go with James because he's got other aspects of his game that he adds to the whole team. You look at the sh- you look at his ability to shoot from outside the box. You look at the long throws and you look at the pass for the uh, for the goal last night. But you know, I'm a Sweeney fan as well. I don't think it should be necessarily just one or the other. See how it goes. It's good to have good players not in the team always, isn't it? Yeah. And three goals, obviously. Um, Shaq Ford. Yeah, what can we say, Darren? He was great, yeah. Eight, eight, is it or nine for the season yeah, now? I think it's eight, I think, yeah. The switch out wide. I think the thing with Shaq is, is uh, it's just a shame he's not ours, isn't it? I mean, Matt Poulter mentioned to us a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? Like, just, just how pleased everyone is with him because, you know, he, he sort of came in and I don't think too much was expected. And to be fair... When you think of the games where he was playing through the centre, I mean, I, he did still score two or three goals, actually. Um, but, you know, he was sort of drifting in and out. He was coming on as a late sub and grabbing something. And, and that switched to the right. I mean, you know, Matt said to us that, that, you know, they'd kind of mentioned to him, you know, other than centre forward, would you feel comfortable anywhere else? And he, he said he'd never really played anywhere else, maybe sort of midfield, which was never going to happen playing for us. But, you know, that, that push out to the right. I mean, I, it's one of these occasions. I could, I could actually see that being his, his new position for himself going forwards. Yeah, yeah, I, I concur with that. I, th- I think it's been a fantastic switch, and from the lads' point of view, yeah, why not? Why, why would he? Uh, why would he want to change up uh, when he's playing that well in that position? Mm. He's stopped getting caught offside all the time, which is another thing I've noticed when he's gone. Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Watford must be over the moon. This is this is when you loan a young player out. This is this is what you're hoping for, I guess. Right? I mean, I don't know what his contract situation is, but. You know, the, one of the things I, I was reading something the other day, and, and people were saying, you know, why why are we always getting loans? Why? I mean, I've I ha- I've always been in f- a fan of the loan market because, you know, what it does is it, as, as well as you know, you're getting a, a player from a higher level a lot of the time, and, and a youngster that's keen and wants to put a show. I mean, it doesn't always work. We we certainly know that in our in our position what we've seen, but. You know, that player, like El Mizzouni, he wanted to come back to us. If he was out of contract at the end of the season, I know he's got a, uh, there's an option, so he's not. But, you know, we'd, we'd probably be high on his list if he, if he just wanted to sign somewhere and enjoy his football. And, and that's another advantage to the loan market, I feel. I think the finances of the loan market are also important to any club at this level. If you've got people you can ship in and out and not have to give them contracts, then it's a lot easier to balance the books, even though we're failing to do it quite comprehensively at the moment but I think that, that's in favour of loans as well yeah Matt Poulter said to us the other week didn't he that what Shaq as well we're, we're really not having to contribute that much really compared to what loan deals can be like so yeah, third, you know it's, it's just a win-win I'd certainly like to see one or two less reliance on it if I'm brutally honest with you particularly remember Tranmere being top years ago in the old uh, second division uh, or fourth division, sorry, and and they had came down with the Christmas decorations because five they had five loanies and something like three or four of them were called back by their parent clubs 
and, and shipped off to the clubs in the next league. Obviously, we haven't got that problem. We're in League One. That's the danger, I suppose, isn't it? That's, that's yeah, the that, that's my only slight concern of it. I was I was a little bit nervous, and it was nice when we had Matt on and Matt said about Soul and, and yeah. uh, Shad and and uh, yeah, I, 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 and also a little bit me still. Still likes to see players that from our own youth team, and, and yeah. but we, we we were using the loan market brilliantly. Let's be honest. So, um, Tony, a goal for Real Soterio as well. It's nice to see he did what end of last season. People have forgotten that it was his goals that essentially got us there in the end. So it was good to see him up top again. And it was good. He didn't really get much of a touch first half. He mentioned his interview afterwards. It was mainly running after the ball, but um, took his chance, took his spot, and took his chance well in the second half. Yeah, I mean, we we said this, or I mentioned this to you guys just before we came on air that you know, you know, I'm not going to we'll move on to Tuesday shortly, but Carlisle were the worst team I've, I'd seen this season up to that point. I mean, I thought Reading were poor when we played them at home, but Carlisle, I mean, I think that's the frustration. It was three two because I mean, it, it should have been a five five sort of nil game really for me, and I, I just thought Carlisle offered nothing for me. They they looked like I mean, there was a lot of people there who were asking each other what their name was, and they, when they went out there, were convinced that. They didn't know each other, did they? They've all been shipped in from elsewhere for the day, so um, they may get better. But yeah, Darren, I mean, they were well backed. I mean, they had, you know, oh, eight hundred. They're always well backed. Yeah, and, and of course, I've started to get a strange soft spot for them. I think it's because we beat them all the time. <laughs> but the, the one thing I sort of found fault with them was we, they got a massive leg up with a goal, didn't they? And they just had no confidence to build on it. And, and that was the thing that really stood out for me: the, the individually and collectively. They weren't confident, and their, their manager. I, lot, I do like Simpson. Yeah, he's very honest, isn't he? Yeah, he was after this game his as well. interviews were spot on again, and he said about our game management. Yeah. And again, I, I think that's where one of the areas the club have improved so much. We we were never good at that kind of thing. You know, players taking yellows when they need to, and and uh, that's what Richie's installed. And, and long may I continue. I think. Um, was it our third goal? That's what Simpson said, didn't he? He said, like, yeah, yeah we, sh- we should have taken them down. That's, you know, that's the part of the game we're not doing. Just take one for the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's it, yeah. It, it, yeah, it is a confidence thing as well. I can remember in front of me in the East stand, I think it was Millish the 22. He could have kept a ball on and played at one point in the first half and they were 1-0 up. And he let it roll out for a throw-in. Like, they were almost playing for time after half now. So confidence is a hell of a thing for any football team. They certainly haven't got but much But he's one of their better players, Tony, yeah. isn't he? Normally, Millish. I agree with you. Yeah, and I've, I suppose the fact that we kind of sort of, I think it was before we do, that it was Carlisle as well that was supposed to have taken Drinan on, who, who they were the ones who, I think it was said, isn't it, that Martin Ling said it in his interview on the Friday or Thursday or Friday after the transfer window that Carlisle were the ones who'd taken Drinan on trial. Um, I mean, we'd all heard these rumours anyway, but they, because of his well, interview. Well, Simpson apologised to us in his interview. Oh, did he mention? I'd have to listen to his he interview. Did, he didn't. didn't he that. didn't mention Drinan. Oh right, name, yeah. But oh right, really? I didn't. I'm, maybe I just completely missed that. Then what did he say there? He just. I'm sure he said something about um, apologised to, to Leighton Orient for or the club. No, oh, because he's an ex teammate, isn't he, of Richie Wellen? So I'm part of that. I'm black, sure he said something. I might be wrong. I might have to re-listen I, to it. I think it was medical history, wasn't it? I yeah, it the, I mean, it was the excuse that Martin was given in the end something else. So you know, I thought it was a great performance. You know, the, the result very much flattered Paul uh, Carlisle, sorry. Um, come to the end of the game, Richie Wellens interview. Now, this was slightly controversial, um, you know, because there was a lot of rumours that I was in the supporters club when it came out. Uh, and then there were a lot of in- uh, rumours that the interview had been pulled off the official club website and then put back on 
within half an hour to an hour later. Now, you know, after a performance like that, I would have thought he would have sort of been quite bouncing. But it was a fairly sort of negative interview from him because I think, you know, not so much around the team performance, but obviously the transfer window. He started talking about that, which had, which had closed on the, the Thursday, I think it was, um, and the club's business. Um, so, so, I mean, let's talk about the transfer window itself for a second first. Um, Darren, you know, three out. Thompson went to Barnet. Ed Turns went to Crewe. Drinnen went to Swindon. We got the two youngsters in. Uh, Caden Edwards from Arsenal and Dan Adu Ajay, I think, from Bournemouth. Mm. Um, what did you think of the transfer? I mean, from what I read online, most people I thought seemed to be okay with it. But, I mean, what did you think personally? Right up until that interview, I was happy with it. I'd listened to the Martin Ling interview previously. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be hindsight on my part if I sort of liked to have had an experienced centre forward in. I, I like the gamble of those guys. I feel exactly the same. You know, I was the same. I mean, to be honest, after Richie's interview, I did think, has he got a point? And I, I started thinking about it more. But as with, I think, most people that I'd read online, and, and as you've just said there, I actually thought it's not, you know, not a bad... I, I felt we were short at centre-back, which I think is another thing well, that Richie Go back was to saying. the Jaden Sweeney. You know, Richie likes, and as all managers like, they like certainty. And that's why you got the hunt with Hat for a while, because what you were getting with people like Jaden and, and, and Hat, you were still getting that one mistake a game. And what managers want is they, they want the ratios. And, and that's why the youngsters, you don't get that with the youngsters, do they? They have to find their feet. They have to make mistakes. They have to learn. So that's why I think he likes slightly, he loves Hunt, for example. Hunt's, he loves experience, doesn't he? Yeah, and, he and you can't experience. blame managers for that. But what you don't get with, with experience sometimes, you don't get the unknown that you do get with youngsters. And sometimes, you know, Harry Kane, I think you mentioned earlier, was the perfect example. Yeah, well, do you know, the thing that I thought with his interview was he was talking about, you know, we've lost 500 games here. Um, we need the experience. And, and let's be honest, probably the only player I felt wasn't good against Carlisle was one of our most experienced players was Beckles, you know. I thought it was a, a dreadful first goal to concede by, by hitting it against the, the defender. I mean, you know, a lot of people around me were saying it was Bryn and the clearance, and, and it wasn't a great clearance. But I thought the... the you know, it, maybe it's unlucky. Maybe I'm being harsh, but I thought it was it was a poor clearance by Beckles into him. And and to be fair, he, he had a couple of other shockers during the game. And I, I, every time Richie says this, I can't help but think, you know, we have these experienced players that make mistakes just as much as a, you know, I, I know they add stuff to the dressing room, and I know there's other things to it. But go back to what I just said, it's ratios. Yeah, yeah. That's Beckles' first poor game in a long, long, no, long since time. he's come back. Yeah, since he's come and, back and into and the team. So, so. so what Hap's now doing? Hap is consistent. And, and managers don't want that risk. And you can't, as I say, you can't. When I said about Harry Kane, what I meant was the unknown coming in. Yeah. That's what yeah, I mean. I mean, as, as we'll, we'll talk about in a second, because Harry Kane had never played a game for anyone before he joined us. And that was in League One. Because in Richie's interview, what he said was, and, and this is what we mentioned, he's, he's, he said, you know, I don't like taking on players who've never played a match. That's, that's what you do in League Two. You don't do that in League One, which... Again, I, I really disagreed with because Harry Kane well, for us was the perfect I, example I, of that. But he doesn't want players learning on, on, on his watch. Yeah, I understand and, that, yeah. And he's trying to win something. He wants an experienced centre-forward in because he's got more chance of the guy understanding uh, yeah. the game because he's played two, three, four hundred games. Um, Tony, what did you think of the transfer window? I thought it went reasonably well. See, we've, we've got Cooper in on the contract. I mean, we're all worried about him on disciplinary issues, but into the games that he has played to the finish, he did well as a loanee. And it's nice, I think, after, you know, we, we got over losing with 10 men to the best finance team in the, team in the division in the end. And I think we're pleased to have him back in the building. 
the young lads, I mean, in terms of um, the actions of the manager, um, they both got on the bench last night. None of them have seen any game time yet, which suggests that he is, um, in terms of his actions, he is a bit worried about giving them game time. But, uh, I mean, the guy from Arsenal, he's, he's, he's a fair bit older than Kevin Campbell was before he, before he came over. So I think with the, the fact that we've got so many games in February, he's got to give them a go at some point. But... Does he really want to? It's almost a, yeah. a bit of fate there, getting an Arsenal, a striker in from <laughs> Arsenal in the January and, and, and pushing up the table. Yeah. I mean, we all know the impact Kevin Campbell had. I know that was 30 years ago. W- but, wouldn't it be lovely if history repeated itself? I know. Yeah. I, I couldn't help but think that because, I mean, I quite like the fact that we've got someone from Arsenal as well because it's one of those teams really where we, we don't seem to have much of a relationship with or have had in the past. And, you know, I know they've obviously got, got a lot of good youngsters there as well. So it was quite good to see that. I mean, again, you know, when we sign a player, I always try and look and see what the, the opposition fans think. And, and for both players, really, and even for Ollie O'Neill, who's, who's looked very, very good when I've seen him so far. Um, you know, the, the fans are all a bit, you know, especially with Ollie O'Neill, I think Fulham are actually quite gutted to let him go because he's gone permanent. But with the other two, they, they, you know, from what I can read, both sets of fans seem quite, opt- you know, they've scored a lot of goals in their under-21s team or whatever it is. I personally don't take any notice of the under t- that, that, that level. I really don't. Where I do agree with Richie is they have not played any games. Yeah. I think if you if you look at our January's, if you look at them six months later, or if you look at them at the time, we tend to think, oh, what are we doing? What are we playing at? I mean, if you even look back to two years ago, and we think, yeah, what, that was the last days of Kenny Jacket. What were we doing there? Well, we got Jordan Brown, funnily enough, in the, in the middle of that. Uh, alleged, you know, dreadful January we had. So you look at them, you've you, you got to look at it in six months' time and say, did it work really? You can't tell at the time. I mean, I was kind of hoping on Saturday, because was it Edwards made the bench, didn't they? Yeah. Mm. Um, and obviously we brought Piggott on over him. I, I, part of me in my head was thinking, he's the reason he's not bringing his Edwards in is after he'd done the interview was, was it to prove a point because I'm not happy with the transfer mm. window but again you know Piggott came on and, and there was two chances it was the header wasn't it and the one where it, I think Shaq fought or someone put or Ollie O'Neill put the ball into him and yeah, he just completely missed it I mean I, up to, I thought I mean I read online I thought the header was the harder chance but I read online someone said the other way round uh, maybe they were a bit more difficult than they look those two chances I mean I'll be honest he looked distraught coming off the pitch Joe Piggott I, I really did feel for him but you know if we'd have had that youngster out there maybe without that you know the experience was the one that missed it the youngster might have finished it I mean who knows you know we don't know but yeah. you know I, I felt it again and we saw Joe come on last night I mean maybe we might start seeing him a bit more because yeah. we had the news obviously that Dan Ajay's out for a while now certainly this season they seem to be saying but yeah, once we saw the interview afterwards, we realised why he'd done it in the order he had. I mean, it made it made life a lot clearer, didn't it? For good or bad. Yeah. Darren, those two bigger chances, what did you think? Yeah, I, I, for me, the header was a harder chance. The ball was travelling at quite a speed when it came to him. So the first one, I completely forgive him. The second one was an absolute car crash for this. He just caught, completely caught the ball under his feet. standing foot, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so overall, I mean, Richie's interview at the end then, I must, you know... I say we were in a supporters club. It was it was a hot topic when we were in there. Everyone was, you know, let's have a listen to it. Let's see. But I mean, I, I think my overriding. I mean, I'd, I'd had a few drinks, you know, and I was thinking like, you know, how do these young players feel hearing him saying he didn't really want them here? And I, I you know, but I think the main thing I thought really was uh, he probably should have waited till the next day to have this to have that conversation. I think you know he's he sort of thought you know he maybe should have. He was frustrated, but that's not the ideal time to do it straight after a game. I mean, we'd won as well. This is the thing. Had we have lost, I probably could have understand it a bit more, but we'd actually won and looked good. So I, that was the odd thing for me, was that he chose to do it then. Um, Sunday, the Outlook boys did an excellent interview with Nigel Travis. 
um, which we all listen to now. I mean, obviously, when they asked for questions for it, that was the main topic from everyone, pretty much. Um, and and he basically said, look, you know, we love Richie. It, it was just what he was just slightly frustrated, but we're all in this together. We're all, you know. And when Richie did his pre-match in, uh, interview for Port Vale, he said pretty much the same thing, you know. You Southerners take things to heart too much, etc. So, I mean, you know, I think that's pretty much what it was, really. It was just a case of he probably shouldn't have vented his frustrations. He was in public. I think that's that was the message he said that he got from Nigel in the end. I think Nigel's going to cut him a certain amount of slack when you think about how far we've come in the still not two years since he joined us. And, uh, you know, we've, we've come from, you know, thinking about the National League to thinking about the Championship. And it's a hell of a, that's a, hell of a change of mindset in two years, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Darren, it's, it's great to have a manager, though, that... that that has that sort of passion, I guess, as well, right? Uh, I didn't like the interview. I've got to be honest and say that I felt Richie let himself down. Uh, I think the only one come out of any credit was Nigel. Uh, I think he came out with a lot of credit. Mm. Um, I will credit Richie for being big enough to go on the next time and say he's been told off. I like that. Um, but I hope he's learned from that. And I, I expected better of him. He's not a young manager anymore. He's managed three, three four clubs now. So I thought it was, yeah, I just thought it was a car crash and an awful interview. Yeah, I mean, I think apparently the, the reason it wasn't on the website was more um, technical issues mm. or, you know, behind the scenes stuff. It wasn't anything so yeah, I've used that excuse once or twice myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. But, I mean, a couple of interesting points then from Nigel's interview. Uh, I mean, you know, yes, I think it was all agreed it was a bit of a storm in a teacup, but um, Richie's contract was mentioned as it was... Uh, I think when they did an interview with Richie and we spoke about it with Matt Porter as well um, he didn't quite go as far you know we he was along the lines of we love Richie we want him to stay and we hope he's here for a long time um, but for me I, I would have thought there would be a lot more sort of we're going to sit him down we're going to offer him a contract we, I, you think, know, I think I mean is that the way it works more no, I, I think I think the focus would have been on the January transfer window mm. so I'm not too surprised that there hasn't been further talks about an extension uh, and if Richie carries on with the current form of the team then I think it will go up the agenda even further and then we'll, we'll, we'll be looking over our shoulders I think Blackburn are talking about looking for a new manager now, their guys going oh, has it been, I haven't seen Richie's name yeah. linked with I, I, he's going to be linked with these jobs yeah, I mean, Nigel, in that interview, he did talk about succession planning at length. Yeah, he and did, he did actually, which is He did mention that, yeah. you know, we're not naive, we have got plans, we have got names in mind, if we did have to look for someone, even though we're not looking for the someone. Only, the only thing I'd say there, Tony, is, is I, I don't quite buy that, and I'll tell you why I don't quite buy that. I think that's a little bit of PR, a little bit of telling us what we need to hear. And for this simple reason, you can only get the managers that are on the market generally. Unless you want to pay comp- comp- compensation, which I can't see Orient going down that road. So, with, for me, you have to react sometimes in business. And that's a reactional situation of a staff member leaving. You, you can't have succession plans because those lists will be changing by the bloody hour, by the day. No, I'm not really buying that from, from Nigel. Um. Tony, he also started talking about a push for the playoffs, Nigel, um, because, you know, it was mentioned to him, obviously, the January transfer window shut now. So, you know, what, what can you do to help that? And, you know, he pointed out along the lines of, you know, when, when we've got a midweek game, we go up the day before rather than the day of the game. 
um, you know, preparing the players in the right way, diets, that kind of thing. Um, I mean, it's, I suppose it's, it's the best they can do now, right? I mean, the facilities available to them is, you know, without the transfer window available, we can't improve the team per se, but we can maybe try and get players back fitter and, and quicker and things like that. Yeah, I've, they've got slightly less players available now than they have done. I mean, I think it, there's been times in the last year or two where they've almost had too many players. And the fact they've got a focus... Um, looking at the injuries to Edgy and Sounds and things like that, they are focusing on a group of about 18, 19 to get them through to the end of the season. So that's the way they're looking at things in terms of looking after the people they've got. I think that's that's what I took from Nigel's comments on that anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, Darren, moving on to last night, Port Vale. Um, I mean, we sort of said before, and I mentioned it, I mean, I, up to Saturday, I hadn't seen that the Reading had been the poorest team I'd seen until I saw Carlisle. Um, I think Port Vale probably took that last night, um, certainly on their second half performance. Um, you know, I thought for the first half, 35 minutes, we were a much better team than they had, they had the last 10 minutes of the first half. And I, and I thought the second half, we, we pretty much, it was men versus boys. I thought we dominated, really. And again, it should have been more than 1-0. Um, what were your thoughts on the game? Uh, just on the Reading, do you mean the Reading that we saw uh, at I'm sorry, I, I, yeah. when we played them at yeah. home, I thought Because I thought at their place yeah. they were decent, but no, small yeah, point, sorry. but I thought, I thought you'd meant that. <laughs> no, um, no, what no, did no, I think no. of last night? I think there wasn't a Leighton Orient fan, either watching it or there, that can't be heartened by that performance. I think that's a combination of a lot of work coming together. Go back to what you just said a minute ago about the preparation. Uh, that, that team know how they play. The exception, I think, was, was Shad Ford's ball through to trying to get jo, uh, Moncur to, to use his legs. Virtually every pass, every ball, every, every position that they took up was spot on. It was almost, other than the goals, I would say it was almost a perfect performance. Um, Brandon Cooper came in for Omar Beckles as well. He took a knock, I think he came off, didn't he, on the Carlisle game. Um, and Richie had mentioned in his interview afterwards that he may just shuffle it. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I thought he'd shuffle it a bit more than that, Tony. I thought maybe we wouldn't see Moncur last night, but again, he started the game. And, and I, again, I thought he, he looked fairly decent. Well, it's the old cliche of not changing your winning team. And if you're playing two days a week, two games a week, which we are for the rest of the month, he probably, you know, hopefully he will have to change your winning team. We'll carry on winning and he will have to come to that. But um, yeah, Brandon Cooper... Did well last night. Um, kept himself on the pitch, which is always, which is always helpful. And uh, hopefully, we can keep it going. Yeah, I mean, I thought he grew into the game. Um, Darren, the, the goal. I mean, the, the ball from Tom James through to El Mizuni. I mean, he, he didn't even need to take a touch. El Mizuni. He just he just finished it, didn't he? Straight yeah, his first touch. It, I mean, it, it, for me as well, it wasn't just the the goal and the pass. You know, you, you, we all we all know how good those were, but the build up to it, the keeping the ball, the not trying to. Uh, make a, a Hollywood pass. Yeah, that was what I liked about it. It reminded me a little bit. Do you remember the goal at Salford last season? Yeah. Away. Mm. Just reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah. Just, just That epitomises where we are now as a, as a club and a team. The way that Wellens has got them playing that style and system so well. The other clubs haven't got that con- consistency. One of the things I thought about Paul Vale last night was they were like a bunch of strangers playing together. They didn't have that what we had. We, we, we had a lot of synergy. It's strange. I mean, I was watching that second half watching it. It was about 70, 75 minutes. And, and I was literally thinking, this is what I've seen so many teams do to us in the past. You know, we look like we can't string anything together. And 
uh, we were dominating them. I, I really, mm. I was watching it and I was just thinking, just how good do we look here? I mean, it's just a shame for me that it was only 1-0 because well, I want to hit that positive goal difference as well. We're at zero at the moment. But, uh, you know, it, it's very unusual for me as an Orient fan or us as Orient fans, I, I think, to, to just see us, just, just how, I mean, Paul Vow mm. were a, uh, they're probably what I'd class as a similar size club to us, and it, and it was men versus boys. I agree. And the other thing with Paul Val, there isn't—is it the quarterfinal or the semi-final of the the, the, uh, the league cup? The, uh, you mean the the league cup or the football trophy? Football trophy. Oh, yeah. Apologies, football trophy. Yeah, yeah but. They've clearly got some good players, yeah. and and there's something wrong with that club at the moment, isn't there? Yeah. Clearly. Well, I mean, so this is it. They'd sacked their manager the day before, and you know, I, I, when I, as soon as I heard that, the first thing I thought was, "Ah, oh, this is this is all we need." <laughs> now. Be, I thought it'll be the day after we do, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, but, the day you know, before, yeah. it, it didn't seem to make much difference, Tony. I mean, you know, I, I can't imagine they've no. been much. Better, like much worse than that. I mean, I, I, I checked out the extended highlights on on like annoying. Uh, today and obviously you get the I follow commentator there and you had the neutral commentator mentioning that you know Richie Wellens like to pass the ball as a player and his team obviously like to do the same thing and when you're getting compliments like that from a neutral source you feel like you're getting somewhere as a team and it certainly heartened me to hear that yeah, I think what I think about here Darren as well if you, you, you list those players that we've got out at the moment obviously Beckles at the back wasn't there but Jordan Graham Dan Ajay Max Sanders I mean you know to, to not even have them available to us, and, and it's, it's, it's quite... I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but, you know, if, if we've got these players for next season and we add to it as well, if, if, if we have left it slightly too late, which I, I suspect we probably have this season, but you never know. But, you know, I think we could really look at doing something good, I think, if we, if we can keep some of these players together and just add quality to it. And, and I think the transfer window kind of went the right, right way to doing that because, you know, people like Thompson are now off the, off the wage bill, if you like, Aaron Drinnen, and, and they were never going to play really much this season unless we had serious well, injuries and they weren't going to be here next with, year. With all due respect to all three of the players that have left, they've all gone into League Two. Mm. So yeah, exactly. The, the, yeah. And the fact that we made two permanent signings in the transfer window, I really like. Uh, I don't, you mentioned earlier, you touched on Ollie O'Neill. He, he does look the real deal. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's early, early doors. I think for me, for, for us to make that late push for the playoffs, we have to have three things go in our favour. Number one, we have to keep this current form. Number two, we have to um, not get any more injuries. And number three, we have to rely on probably Stevenage, if I'm honest, bottling it. I just think that's t- too many improbabilities all colliding. It could happen. And I certainly think every Orient fan hopes it happens. But I just think that, like you, we've left it that little bit too late. Let's just enjoy what we're doing, though, and, and let's, 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 let's carry on seeing if, if, if uh, hopefully we're wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's strange, because, I mean, this is Orient, so there's always going to be people to find something wrong. Um, but, you know, it, it does feel like, you know, even going into the supporters club, I mean, it, you know, the, the, the mood around the whole ground, the stadium and, and the club has been phenomenal for 18 months now. But this season, when we've had a few of those little bad runs, I mean, you know, no one in the crowd at all was, has ever turned on the team yet. Well, there was the, the fella that started giving Richie abuse Darby, with Derby yeah. and he had his hat thrown on the pitch, deservedly. I mean, I'd, I'd love to know what he thinks it, right he, now. He wasn't honest, far but. away from me. And let's put it this way, I think he'd been on the light out of Sherry and the vodka all in, in one go. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's been a great atmosphere for a while. And I think this is the thing, really. Is when these good times, are, you know, we've all been Orient fans a long time. So you've almost got to make the most of it while it's here. And this is like, a, this isn't just a one season yeah. ride at the moment. This is like a, an 18 months, maybe even two years, because things turned around well, when Richie came yeah. in. I think, Tony, you said earlier, didn't you, that you've been an Orient fan probably the longest out of all of us. And, 
how much you're enjoying it. And yeah, I think you're bang on. I think that's well. Yeah, I'm hoping for top two because uh, my daughter's getting married on playoff final day. So um, <laughs> <laughs> just missing out. Then, I think yeah. that's out. Yeah, and I might be in Leicester, but yeah. Okay, well, that, that a, is exceptionally hopeful. But there we are. Let's have a listen to what Richie said after the game. Richie, thanks for joining us and congratulations. Your side worked hard tonight. I think we worked hard. I, I don't think we worked that hard out of possession in the first half. Um, there was too many times when the ball went forward over the midfield three and they landed on the second ball and a little ricochet and they could have got in, but um, we should be walking away winning that game 4-5. Ruel should have three or four himself. Um, and in the end, we, we make a couple of bad decisions. We've hunted down the right, he should just put it down the channel. And obviously then Sol has a goal kick in the last minute and he kicks it straight down the middle of the pitch to to Ripley who then launches it because that's all he do. And um, we have to defend another corner where the keeper's coming in. So Sol was terrific in coming for them corners. However, we don't really need to, to do that. We could have dominated the ball a little bit more than what we did. But I think there was only team there was only one team in it for the majority of the game. The winner was a special one from Adjusel Mazzuni. Yeah, we wanted we, we know that Chislett's a really good player, but we thought we could identify running off him. We didn't quite get it right in the first half. Um, but I'm happy that that side where Idris, um, he's made a run, he's played it inside and then he's not st- stood still or retreated in the same line. He's actually run inside, got in a pocket and running in a gap. And, it, and the, the ball by the ball by TJ is, a, is a, a Premier League pass. We know he's capable of that, but it's an unbelievable ball. As you say, there should have been more denied by the woodwork and some good saves from Conor Ripley. Yeah, I thought he was the best player on the pitch, Conor Ripley. I know we had some really good performers, but um, some of the saves that he made, even that, the one-on-ones, he, sometimes you're waiting for a goalkeeper to go down early or, or trying to open his, but he stayed big. He delayed it as long as possible. and you know, we, We've got to be taking the chances, but you have to take it out of I thought he was exceptional tonight. And so was Sol Brin in the closing stages. Well, I don't think he had anything to do. It was just, in the 93rd minute, Sol, is 20, I think he's 21, is he 21, Sol? 21-year-old keeper, they've piled the box and he's brave enough to come and take it and take the pressure off the team. I think he's, there's some we've done outstanding in in um, replacing Lawrence Vigri with Sol because Vigri was a massive part of our team last year and we've gone out and we've given his second, so his third loan where he was brilliant in League Two this year and he has been a, an exceptional part of our team. How bad is the injury for Theo Archibald? We, we don't know yet. He's far too early. I don't. I'm not sure. I'll leave that to Keats. I wouldn't want to. Wouldn't want to speculate anything. I don't. We don't think Touchwood that it's anything too serious. But um, we've, when he, he jarred his knee, so you, you never know. How difficult was it to prepare for this game with Andy Crosby losing his job last night and this afternoon David Dunn leaving the club? Do you know what? It was difficult anyway because he played about five. Um, they play a back in the last two or three games. They played a back five. They play four four two. They play four three three. So it's, it's always difficult anyway. So I think then it's important that you don't overcomplicate it. You trust the players to do certain things, which are the basics and our principles. But uh, then you just give them two or three things, like running off their midfield. Um, and I'm pleased that the goal came from that. Every time we switch play in the first half, you want to switch play by Ethan Galbraith coming inside, but then taking touch after touch after touch and by the time it gets out to TJ they've shifted across and when we when we switched it quickly and, and we we played one and two touches then the gap started to appear in their midfield and we looked threatening too many times in the first half we played it down one side tried to play a channel ball because we wanted to get in races because we have athleticism at the top end of the pit but um, all in all I thought it was a difficult coming here on a Tuesday night to Stoke not many can do it mm-hmm. 
It's a little cliche, that one. Stevenage lost. You closed the gap at the top. It's a fantastic I, one. We just keep going, concentrate on ourselves. You, you mentioned there that, that this club has lost its manager. And you know what it's like. Everybody starts texting you. Why didn't you leave it one more game? Or And it's hard. It's, they've changed the manager. They've done this. And all the text back is it's about us. It's about us. If we do the, the basics right, we've got good footed players. It's a privilege to work with these young players and, and watch them learn and watch them grow every day and where they've come from. Again, we're finishing the game. You, you look at the game, look at how you go through our team. Sold 21. Uh, Dan App, first season in, in League One. Um, Jordan Brown, El Mazuna, first seasons in League One, young players. Ollie O'Neill, 21. Ruel, first season in League One. Shaq, 19. So, to see him grow is, um, you know, it gives me a, a, good, a really good feeling and it also excites me for the future because they're not only good, te- good players, athletic, technical players, but they want to listen, they want to get better. These really are special times for the club and it's a very different test on Saturday against Barnsley. One of the most difficult tests in the league in terms of squad depth, in terms of talent. Listen, they're a, they're a player that re- team that reached the playoffs last year, so... Um, and obviously, I think the previous year was in the championship. So, um, they're, they're one of them five or six clubs that can go and spend money on transfer fees, along with the Boltons and Peterboroughs and, and, and Derbys. So, um, good test, but like I say, we're on, a, we're on a good run. And we'll just keep it going. Omar Beckles and Sam Sanders, would they be available for that one? Uh, we'll have to... I just think Beckles could have maybe have played. He, was, he wanted to be on the bench... But I just didn't want that temptation that if one of our centre-backs go down after 10 minutes, then I'm looking round and I've got Beckles on the bench, then the temptation is to put him in. And I don't think he had that... I don't think we needed to take that risk. Sometimes you have to weigh up the, the probability and, and, and the percentage-wise whether it's worth the risk. And we've, what, we've got 16, 17 games left. It just wasn't worth the risk. So, Max Sanders, touch and go for Saturday, might make it. Um, and again, we'll just have to see. We give Bex a day off. He'll have another day off tomorrow, making sure that um, he's an experienced player. He tells us when he wants to train and he manages his body the way, the best way he knows. Finally for me, Richie, over 200 made the journey. Yeah, I was actually, I was actually couldn't believe it when I walked out because I looked at that end and I thought, you know, how many have we brought on a Tuesday night? I couldn't believe it. And then he informed me that, you know, that when he started joining <laughs> their pre-match song, I think it was an Elvis song, and he started singing along to us like, what's going on there? Um, but then he's informed me that the away supporters have been moved now. But um, no, terrific. I thought we gave them a really good performance. Gutted that we didn't get two or three more goals for them. But um, yeah, I mean, brilliant. And like I say, we've we've we're enjoying a really good run. We're enjoying some good times. The fact that we're going toe to toe with with the with the Portsmouths, with the um, with the Boltons, with the Charlton's. Port Vale, probably not as big as them, but difficult place to come, especially with the weather. Fair play to their ground staff and, yeah. and, and everyone and got the game on because Burton's not too far away and, and obviously they've called us. So credit to the club. I hope they get a new manager in. Um, I know Dave Flitcroft well and we, and we wish them all the best. Thank you, Richie. Well, well done. done. Thank you. We are so lucky to have Nigel Travis as our chairman. The way in which he calmly explained and closed in the issues following Saturday's interview with Richie Willans, a powerful example of proactive, value-based leadership. And we are so fortunate to have such a passionate and talented young manager. Richie, always looking forward, always challenging everyone at the club, including himself, always demanding improvement. It's that drive and relentless pursuit of excellence that has inspired, empowered and enabled 
the success that we are currently enjoying. Post-match, which is always honest, open and often very funny. And we are so lucky to have Martin Ling as our Director of Football. The quality of recruitment since the summer of 17, outstanding. We have a balanced squad of exciting young players and experienced professionals who lead by example. This season, injuries will prevent the opportunity of seeing Leighton Orient's strongest side. I'm sure I'm not alone in being very excited by the prospect. For me, the most important aspect of this January transfer window was that we kept our regular first-team players. I was especially concerned that other clubs would have been impressed by the quality of Idris El Mazzouni. On the 1st of February, I waited up until midnight before happily settling, content in the knowledge that our creative and combative midfielder was staying in the 10. Idris is one of, if not the best player I have seen in League One this season. He was my man of the match against Carlisle. All he needed was to add goals to his game and on a wet night in Stoke, he finally did that. A wonderful strike from an exceptional pass from the outstanding Tom James. Stevenage, losing at home to Reading, saw the O's close the gap and poor Port Vale slip into the relegation zone. These really are special times for our wonderful football club. It has been an incredible start to 2024 and we'll be looking to continue that magnificent one. Two tough matches coming up. It's going to be a very different test at Barnsley. The Tights currently fourth in the form table, which of course is headed by the mighty O's. Neil Collins' side have won three and lost one of their last six at Oakwell. And on Tuesday, we welcome the Cobblers to E10. John Brady's Northampton have won five of the last ten on the road. And they'll be looking to achieve another away day success. Finally, we are so lucky to have the late Orient faithful. This season, it has been great to see so many younger supporters find their voice. Those who travel to Vale Park on Tuesday night play their part in securing an important and very satisfying win. Uh, thank you much. We Just to confuse you there, we went straight into Victor's view. He wasn't still talking to himself, to Richie. Um, chaps, Saturday, we've got Barnsley. Um, for me, the best team I've seen this season, uh, and I thought we actually saying that, best team I've seen this season, but we were unlucky not to get a, a, the three points, I thought. We got the draw. Um, but, you know, what are you thinking there? There, there? there could be some changes for this, Richie said again in his interview there, possibly. Um, we, Theo came off. We don't know how bad it is. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. He didn't look too bad when he came off. But, um, Tony, tough place to go. Yes, they, as you say, they did look impressive when they came. It was a, one of the better games we've seen down there this season. Two teams both trying to play. Barnsley, who became particularly stood out, not just for his goal that day. Guy wearing eight, he... Uh, was one of the standout performers I think we've seen here this year. But obviously we're doing very well ourselves at the moment, so maybe we shouldn't worry too much about the other team too much. Um, Darren, you're going to the game? Yes, I'm up there for that one. I think that's our toughest game for the remainder of the season. I mean, I haven't seen, but I'm not sure what sort of... I think, actually, no, I did look earlier. They're, they're, they're about they're fifth or sixth in the form table. They're in decent form. Yeah. They've been up there all season. I'm not, I'm not looking past first place at the moment in the yeah, form table, so I haven't seen anyone I agree with you, they're decent. Yeah. They're, um, I think Tony mentioned the goal they got at our place a second ago. Yeah, Herbie Kane. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I take a point now, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's strange, really, because... I guess in this run, well, it's not true actually, because I was about to say the only form team we played is Reading and, and we got a point, but, but Bolton were, when we played them as well, they were top near the form table. They might have even possibly even been above us. But mm, I think home advantage, the crowd on that day, yeah. I thought our crowd were excellent on that day. I, I think, let's be honest, I think pretty much all of us would take a, take a point right now <laughs> if you look at it with that. But, 
Um, okay, well, we're going to go into Roper's Ramp. I'm just going to read out a couple of messages from the Supporters Club to mention. Um, away travel for games for the end of the season. Uh, there's details for all games now available on the OrientSupporters.org website under the away travel. Um, Tuesday the 20th of February, there's an evening with Richie Wellens. Tickets available to members only to begin with. Uh, in person at the Northampton and Burton Games. Further details are on the Supporters Club socials. And the Starman Awards, 28th of April, Sunday. Last few tickets are left. £75 ahead. Contact Linda on the LOSC events at AOL.com to book it. Um, let's listen to Roper's Ramp. The O's are winning. The EFL are behaving themselves. The referees we've had haven't been too bad. So what on earth do I rant about this week? Cost of living, the weather, interview gate and the miniature storm in a teacup over Wellens interview post-match Carlisle? Nah. Following Nigel Travis on Orient Outlook and the 1-0 win at Vale Park, even that's not worth me of me venting my spleen over. So how do I keep you all amused and or raise a discussion point or two for the next five minutes? Well, let's try. In the upcoming issue of Pandemonium Fanzine, due out next Tuesday, might I add, versus Northampton and well worthy of a quid, even if I'm slightly biased, we are carrying an article called The Real Deal. And it focuses on a few older fans' views as to whether Leighton Orient really are going places. Does it feel real? And the hurdles we may have to overcome in a bid for a glorious return to second-tier football, something we haven't seen for over 40 years. Upon asking several supporters, all aged approximately 50 or over, they had very similar answers. Yes, it's very exciting. Yes, it feels far more realistic than in, say, the early 90s under Peter Eustace or in 13-14 under Russell Slade, although no disrespect to the team on that occasion, who were brilliant. But yet things like attendances, income, investment and the ground are all stumbling blocks, some far greater than others, of course. In my humble opinion, attendances are not a major factor. Look at Luton and Bournemouth. Both have hit the big time on capacities not much more than us. Yes, of course, an increased capacity brings in extra revenue, but perhaps akin to a big FA Cup game, a tighter-knit ground bombed out with 8,000 Orient fans could easily just as be an advantage as, say, having a 15,000 horrible wraparound bog-standard stadium. It's the next three, of course, that hold far more sway. Income and investment go hand in hand. This year, we upped our playing budget by approximately a million quid. Now, it's not all about the money, of course, but if we were by some miracle to hit the playoffs this year and get promoted, then our budget of approximately four million against the rest of the championship division would be like comparing David to three Goliaths, let alone one. And while some fans don't like, like the tagline Little Late and Orient, it couldn't be more apt as we would then attempt to hold court with clubs such as West Brom, Leeds and Sunderland, all of whom either have or all massive grounds, massive incomes and massive budgets. It was interesting that Nigel said on the Orient Outlook podcast that we had looked at next year and that if we were by some miracle promoted, we think we could be competitive on a similar budget. I love Nigel, I love his optimism, and I thank him like so many of us do for his buying and repairing of the club. But come on, Nigel, competitive in the crazy league on four million? 
If we even finish 21st on goal difference by one, then it's a modern-day miracle that even George Moncur, Omar Beckles and Alan Comfort couldn't conjure up between them. To that point, and again going hand-in-hand with the ground, Nigel also announced that there will be some news on investment and ground plans, possibly both short-term at Brisbane Road and longer-term at a fans forum at the club next Monday, when yours truly will be there with representatives of other fan groups, podcasts and the like. So when you bundle all this together, there can be no doubt we are at a very important point in the club's history, perhaps the most important for many years, in fact. The product on the pitch continues to flourish, and oh boy, should we all be enjoying the continuing roller coaster ride that Wellens as co has, has us on. I should think the board are obviously discussing the possible statue for Wellens alongside the great Laurie Cunningham in Coronation Gardens. New sponsors, talk of new investment, talk of longer term plans for training grounds and home stadiums. This is not just an important time, but one that I and others believe is hugely exciting and perhaps the most exciting since when? Well, you might have to go back to a certain spring in 77, 78, when we weren't too far away from a walk down Wembley Way. But even then, that was only really exciting because of the football on the pitch rather than possible plans off the pitch to help accommodate a flush, flourishing team possibly capable of giving us the reason to dare to dream about championship football within the next 18 months or so. So what part do we as fans have to play? Yes, no doubt the club would like us to buy that extra pint or a burger to help income. And surely the very least we can do, though, as I said last week, is to use what tickets you have to be at the ground on either Saturday or Tuesday and join in with a bit of vocal support for the lads. Let's face it, as the rather catchy song goes, we have been, are now, and hopefully in the future, doing exactly what we do here every Wednesday and putting on one hell of a show. Enjoy the ride, Orient fans, and up the mighty O's. Thank you, Matt. Um... Chaps, one of the things I was just mentioning there off mic was the fact that, and Nigel mentioned this in his interview um, on Sunday, the running that we've got coming up now, I mean, Darren, you just said this before uh, when you were talking about Barnsley, um, our hardest game left of the season, really, is, is the words you used. It, it, as Nigel mentioned, it's, it's quite a favourable running or you know, what have we got left? I mean, 17, 18 games or whatever it mm. is. You know, with a lot of the teams we're playing, I mean, did their... Lower half. I mean, the thing is, as we're moving up the table, obviously teams are going below us now. So, but it's looking like quite a favourable run. It could it could have been a lot worse, really. I mean, we're you I, know, I, as you say, Barnsley away. I personally didn't agree with Nigel on that, and I've looked at it, and I think it's very mixed. So we've got to play Oxford away, Stevenage away, Barnsley away, all above us. Blackpool at home, above us. Then we have a run of fixtures, or the, within the fixtures we've got left, we then have people like Northampton at home, Bristol Rovers at home, around us. But I think, I suppose his point is the, the, the form we're in and the fact that we're, you know, I mean, I've got to be honest, if Northampton to me is a game we should win at home. Bristol Rovers, you know, they've been a bit of a mixed bag this season. Um, I still look at the game like Stevenage, even though our record against them and Evans in particular is rotten. 
as a game that we could easily get something out of. I mean, I know traditionally we don't seem to do anything against his teams, but, you know, I, I did. When he said that, I hadn't really thought about it, but I, I found myself agreeing. I, I don't know what you think, Tony. I think classically you want to try towards the end of the season you want to be playing teams that are hopefully haven't got too much on and maybe mid-table rather than people right at the top and people down at the bottom. And I think inevitably you just get a mix of them all. So, no, I'm worth having on that one. I think it's a bit too simplistic a way to look at it. You just, you've got to take each game as it comes. Yeah, I mean, I think, I guess what we can hope for is that a lot of these teams, because, you know, I think Carlisle, for me, are, are almost shoo-ins to go down. They've spent their money now. Unless... Possibly, I hope they don't, but I think they'll probably replace their manager at some point soon. Um, but other than that, you know, Darren, you were just saying Fleet would have won their last two games, and that's come out of nowhere, really. Yeah, and then you, you say about Northampton, they've had something like one defeat in about the last nine. I don't think that's an easy game. No, I mean, it's not, but as I, like if I looked at that game, though, us at home, I would always pick us to win it, but, br- br- but you're br- right, yeah. Bristol Rovers, you never know what's going to at the yeah. moment. They've had a very up and down season wise. Burton are down there now. So they need something that's our next home game. So they, they went on a similar run to us, didn't they? When we started looking good, they started inching away and, and they've, they've kind of dropped back down and they've, they've, they've got a few new players. I mean, they've got, got a few games in well. hand because they were another one with Waterlock pitch problem, weren't they? So, yeah. so I, I, you know, I think like Tony just said, the, the, the fact of the matter is that the teams we've got to play, Fleet would have got to come to our place. And two weeks ago, you're going, yeah, well, we could get three points there. Now... After t- t- winning away, Exeter have still got to come to our place. They're down. They picked up a good result last night. That's well, I think. I, I, think. I, I think. I think the sending off turned that game. I don't oh, think. I hadn't uh, seen that. Someone said. Yeah, I, I don't think they'd have won that otherwise. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we've got five minutes left, and there was just something I, I wanted to go through because we're, we're at the end of January now. The players are all in. The players have gone. Who, who needed to go? Mm. Um, a, a player of the season so far. Um, Tony, what what are your thoughts on, on who would be the best player so far for us? I've got, I suppose I've got two thoughts in my head. I mean, the first one's a fairly predictable one. It's Elmiz. Um, continued excellence. Seems Doesn't seem to get injured. Plays there all the time. Knits the team together. But the new, the new face that's coming is Ethan Galbraith. I mean, he's been sensational the last few games, as far as I can see. And, you know, come the end of the season, a few more games, he might nick it for me. But they're the two faces I'm looking at anyway. Darren? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Tony on Elwes. You can't, you can't really say that the guys had... I think they had a couple of games where he wasn't quite at it. But Probably not his best, actually, at Carlisle game. Yeah, I think it was a couple better. of games, Tony, yeah. not more. The other one, I, I, I'm very, very happy with Solbrin. So that would have been my shout, Solbrin, yeah. I mean, f- for me, you know, I, I think up to about October or so, Solbrin and Brandon Cooper were the two standouts for me. And then Brandon Cooper seemed to lose his mind in a few matches and, you know, very quickly sort of disappeared. I mean, he came back in last night and I actually thought it took him a little while to settle last night, actually. Um, but Solbrim, for me, has, has been outstanding. I mean, I don't... Because things I don't like to take anything away from anyone. It, for me, it would have been Solbrin or Jordan Brown. They're, they're the two, I think, yeah, for Jordan me. Jordan Brown's a good shout. Solbrin's side against Bolton the other yeah. Saturday. I mean, I've got to be honest. I mean, El Miz... I, I, I actually wouldn't have him in my top three, I don't think, because I think he's only really in the last kind of month started coming into it for me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I do think he's been consistent and, and fairly good, 
but I, I, I guess I've still got in my head how, just how amazing he was last year. I think he's, you know, he's settling now. And then last night, I thought he was the best player on the pitch. And I, I think against Bolton, it was similar as well. Um, but I'd say it's only in the last month or so for me that he's kind of pushed himself up there a yeah, bit. Yeah, he's a defender's dream because you can always kick him the ball when he'll keep it. It's as simple as that. You know, you can, he's yeah, always yeah. available. Richie said, didn't he, in his interview, that uh, like League One wise now, there's players that are proving they're comfortable. Uh, that have played never played in League One. Dan Hap, yeah, he uh, listed them, didn't he? Yeah. And 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 for me, if Dan Hapman hadn't had that sort of dodgy start to the season, and Beckles that dodgy start as well, they're not far away from being in that list, are they? Really? Yeah, I mean, Dan Hap for me again would would probably be a muscle. Galbraith, I agree with as well. Galbraith, yeah. I think. But again, I mean, I, I love Galbraith. He's the sort of player that I can, I can, I can just from the first few times I saw him, I knew that this is going to be a, a player of mine as a favourite. But he was in and out of the team for a bit, wasn't he? He, he was playing a lot in that good run in October. And then Richie kind of sort of took him out of the team. And I think Matt Harold mentioned some point it was almost to protect him. And then that's when our form sort of dropped for me. And, and, and until he sort of come back in and, and he's in that unusual position of playing right back. Last night he was at the number 10 again. Then he went out onto the right wing. I mean, he's great, but, you know, we, we, ha- we were missing him for quite a while. Yeah, I, I think he's, he was the one person that stood out when I saw, looked at the uh, Colchester game at the, the pre-season. He came in and played second half and he stood out a mile and he stood out a mile for me ever since, to be honest. Yeah, obviously, the elephant in the room is Dan O'Guy's injury. If 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 that hadn't have happened, I think you'd have been a shoo-in by the end yeah, of the season. Well, you could have said the same for Jordan <laughs> Graham probably as well, actually, because yeah, the way he started that. it, this is the thing. We're missing two players and they've both played kind of a month to six weeks each and they're, they're both, we could I mean, probably mention them as well, players of the season. Starts, We've never had them on the pitch, have we, the pair of them? Not together, no. no. I mean, no. that's the dream for next season, oh, I think, for me. Mouth-watering. It is, yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I think, you know, and like you say, get 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 the, get the business done well in in, in the yeah, summer. I mean, that's what I mean. With you know, the club is moving in such a, a positive, healthy direction. Like probably none of us have witnessed in our lives the, the, the positivity around the club, the record, the sellouts every week, the the stuff that's going on with 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 the recruitment now with players like Ollie O'Neill and Galbraith and young, really good players that I think will have future transfer value. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great place to be at the moment. So um, we've not got long left now. So just very quickly, Barnsley on Saturday. Tony, predictions? I'll go for 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Darren? Nil-nil. <laughs> I think I'm going to go for 1-1 as well. I mean, I've just got oh, a feeling that we'll get something. But, you know, but I sort of same at Portsmouth, so who knows. Um, but that's it for tonight. Thank you very much for listening. Um, we've kept an eye on the weather for Barnsley on Saturday. It looks like it should be OK. We were worried at one point there might be a bit of rain, but it should be all good. So thank you for listening, everyone. Good night and up the O's. We're not a city, we're not a town. We're the only one of us around And you know where we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the best Whatever challenge, whatever test We'll lay an Orient from each end Lay an Orient from each end This is our club and we are proud So sing it up and sing it loud We were formed in 1881 Clancy, Orient and so begun 
own story And on it runs We're late and oriented from each end Whatever challenge has come our way The only faithful are here to stay We will live to fight another day We're late and oriented from each end Late and orient from each end This is our club and we are proud So sing it up and sing it loud We're not a city, we're not a town We're the only one of us around So you know where we can be found when Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the vest On the hour, across Brentwood and Billericay This is Phoenix FM News